everyone. My name is Maria Thomas, and I work for Allianz Research, the global team of economists, strategists, sector advisors, and foresight experts of the Allianz Group, led by Ludovic Subron. Welcome to Tomorrow, a podcast where we'll be talking about our latest analyses of economic and capital market developments, as well as our views on trends affecting risk management. Let's get started. With a recession mostly avoided and inflation mostly circumscribed, what lies ahead for the global economy? In this episode with Anna Buata, Head of Economic Research, and Jordi Basco-Carrera, Lead Investment Strategist, we find out more from the latest global economic outlook for 2023 to 2025. Hello, Anna and Jordi. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Maria. Hello, Maria. So the question that is on everyone's mind right now is, is the global economy still at risk of a recession this year? What do you think? Well, it's it's a tough question because even though we avoid recession in most of the markets, we remain borderline recession. And, and, and clearly there are markets and, and large economies where we will still have one or two quarters of, of slightly negative growth. Like in the US, we expect the first quarter of 2024 to be negative. In Germany, we are still in, in a recession until... Uh, Q2 2024 uh, and, and other markets that are exposed to global trade, to to the energy crisis in Europe. So clearly we are in an environment uh, where growth is almost zero or slightly negative. And we we should expect this, this subdued growth to, to stay with us for a while. Clearly in the US, for example, we are at six quarters of zero growth, uh, and, and the same also, uh, in, in the Eurozone or in, in, or in the UK. In China, we don't grow that much, uh, because of the cyclical and structural issues and emerging markets, of course, without any large growth engines, uh, worldwide can't grow too much, right? So overall, uh, subdued growth at the global level at 2.4% uh, in 2024 and then 2.7 in 2025, clearly below what the economies like the 3% mark, which, which clearly is a, a, a limit in terms of how uh, low growth will be. So what about inflation? Is that showing some signs of slowing down? Well, inflation with subdued growth should come down, right? It's, it's natural. Now, there are some sticky components in the inflation numbers, especially from services, uh, which could uh, stay for us in the coming quarters, especially because of wage developments in the sector. And then we also have some uh, cyclical uh, upside risks, let's say, from commodities especially. Uh, we have seen the increase in oil prices and, and of course, uh, political decisions that, that keep will keep them uh, quite high. Uh, gas prices will increase, especially in Europe. And also we have some volatility in terms of food prices, uh, especially because of El Nino, for example, and impact on, on emerging markets. So clearly we see the deceleration coming, but it will be a bumpy, a bumpy one uh, and inflation rates will still uh, remain uh, at uh, 43 for example, globally in 2024, and will still stay above 3% in 2025. Again, a very important threshold uh, for economists uh, so that we can say that we are going back to normal levels of inflation. In this context, do you expect central banks to continue tightening monetary policy? So let's say that it it's not a good moment for to be a central banker because um, central banks would have to take the decision if they want to continue um, 
to hike uh, to fight these inflationary pressures or they would like to um, start pivoting. Um, in our scenario, what we see is that um, the US Fed will hike uh, one last time now in November, and then uh, both the ECB and the Fed will play with time rather than playing with the level. Because of this, we, we expect basically rates to remain um, relatively high for the next um, nine months. And then due to um, initial disinflationary trends and also due to the erosion in the labor market that we are starting to see, but it's still not really visible, we expect the central banks to actually um, start um, cutting rates moderately, but start cutting rates. Uh, this is basically due to the fact that we believe central banks don't want to create a recession or to lead into a recession. So they would have to revert their monetary policy stance in the second half of 2024. What are the big risks you're watching out for as we go into 2024? Well, I think the largest one comes from politics, geopolitics, and social risk. Uh, 2024 will be a, a, a very long year from the political risk perspective. We have 75% of global GDP that will go to pools. Uh, with that, the European elections, the US elections, the UK elections, and, and some uh, large emerging markets. And of course, whenever politics are involved, uh, there's also a high risk of policy mistakes. Now, we are at the crossroad in terms of monetary policy, as, as Jordi was saying. We are going to see maybe very timid, uh, at least timid rate pivots in 2024, in the second half. Uh, but clearly, there's, there's a, let's say, a combination between uh, this still restrictive monetary policy, because real rates are going to be at the highest level since 2006, and less supportive fiscal fiscal policy, actually even a consolidation that is upcoming. And clearly, fiscal policy was one of the buffers along with the cash holdings uh, that helped us avoid uh, the, the recession over the past uh, year. And, and with that, of course, we can have decisions, political decisions that could create some noise uh, in terms of currencies, in terms of markets. And for, for us, clearly, that's that's one of the, the biggest concerns because corporates evolve into an environment of lower pricing power, still high costs, especially labor costs, but also now input costs with the rise of commodity prices. And clearly, they are facing this this profitability squeeze, which is key when, when you think about the debt repayment wall. Basically, a lot of uh, 50% of, of debt is maturing uh, in 2025 and even 2020 at the end of 2024. So it, there's a clear urgency that, that the policy mix is not too toxic for corporates, right? And then we don't see a wave of insolvencies. And of course, for households, it's also very important. In some markets, we renegotiate loans every two, three years. In others, we have variable rates. In an environment where consumers, of course, have been suffering from high inflation, loss of purchasing power, and they don't have that much leeway when it comes to their savings. So at one point, uh, we could also have very negative uh, impacts from uh, from households. So clearly, we would need to avoid any any kind of shocks, political shocks, supply shocks, that would push economies into recession and even create additional inflationary risks. And what is your outlook for markets? So... um Following the message that uh, central banks are going to have to 
to pivot by the second half of 2024. We believe that there's little room or upside room for actually long-term yields. Thus, we expect a bit of a contraction from current levels um, towards year-end and also into 2024. Nevertheless, we don't expect this uh, downside trend to be really, really um, strong since the issuance is going to remain um, quite high uh, for long-dated uh, bonds. If we move into risky assets and starting with corporate credit, what we see is a bit of added volatility. We're going to continue to have these sort of episodes of high volatility, but we expect quality investment grade credit to actually bode well um, throughout the cycle, despite this increase in financing costs. Of course, we have to differentiate between the US and the Eurozone. In the case of the US, it seems that companies are a bit more resilient and have a bit more leeway um, to basically deal with increased financing costs. In the case of Europe, companies are, are not supposed to be uh, that resilient, but in, in any event, the quality corporate is supposed to bode well uh, this increase in financing costs. Though, thus, we expect a bit of a compression in corporate credit spreads uh, moving into 2024. When it comes to equity, um, we expect companies to remain resilient and to basically be able to withstand this slowdown in demand. We still believe that they have a bit of, of way uh, to go, but this upside is going to be rather limited. So we expect around 8 to 9% total return for both um, the US and the Eurozone. And then in 24 and 25, we also expect average historical returns. So no big upside surprise, but also no big uh, downside um, surprise for equity markets. Thank you very much. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the full report we just spoke about on our website. We'll leave a link in the show notes. If you'd like to discover more of our research, you can also follow the Ludonomics newsletter on LinkedIn. We'll leave a link down below for that too. If you like the podcast, please send it to any of your friends who might like it too, and leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. In the meantime, stay tuned for the next episode.